most wedding planners are women and we have a very hard time asking for the sale in general. So we undervalue ourselves. We don't charge enough. And then we are not direct enough to say, I'm worth this. I'm fabulous. You should buy them from me. You need buttons on your site that are not contact. Contact's too vague. It needs to say, schedule a call, get a quote, book now, and have it multiple times down your homepage. It should not be difficult for people to spend money with you or to understand what you do. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pili, and welcome to episode 129 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created their own unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Alea Harris, the founder and CEO of Flourish Marketing. Alea is a wedding pro educator and marketer who helps wedding, catering, and events business owners to gain the visibility they need in order to get a consistent stream of clients. After over 13 years marketing in the events industry, Alea went full-time with running her own events-focused marketing agency right before the pandemic disrupted her industry. During our conversation, Alea gives us a behind-the-scenes look into how her peers have rebounded their businesses. She shares how, as a result of the pandemic, she built in multiple streams of income into her business. She also offered advice to new business owners entering the events industry and so much more. Before we hear the rest of Alea's episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Alea's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. The She's Off-Script podcast also has a membership community to help you launch and grow your business with resources and coaching. Join our Boss Off-Script community today by going to sewaajpele.com forward slash community. With that, let's go off-script with the founder and CEO of Flourish Marketing, Alea Harris. Alea Harris, welcome to She's Off Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Of course. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Absolutely. My name is Alea Harris, CPCE, and I am the owner and founder of Flourish Marketing, which is a marketing agency for wedding and creative professionals. We help you make money doing what you love. Oftentimes, people who are really creative and have a big talent have no idea how to run a business or how to market themselves. So we have done for you services where we work with you through coaching and memberships to help you market. And we also have done with you services through strategy and copywriting to help market for you. Got it. So how did you go from owning your own catering company to now teaching others in the event industry how to market their businesses? Oh, there was a journey. So I'm going to give like the, the <laughs> try to give the short version of it. So I actually, I graduated from the University of Southern California and I went into the fashion industry and then the cosmetic industry. And I was like, that's, it just was not my jam. I was, it was not, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. Then I got laid off, which was The worst, it was the worst of times. It was the best of times because at the time I was like, no, but now I look back, I'm like, yes. Right. Blessing in disguise. It was a total blessing in disguise and it allowed me to really walk down another path because 
in that time, I couldn't get a job doing anything. And this is before Uber and all that stuff. I couldn't like gig it out. I, I couldn't get a job doing anything. So I w- decided to go to culinary school at the urging of my sorority sister. And I was in culinary school for two years. And while I was in culinary school, I started my catering company and my private chef company. And I was able to grow towards the end of culinary school and a couple of years after that to 20 recurring accounts. And then I was a private chef for celebrities in the film and music arena. Then I'm like, this is great. This is great. But I wanted more because when you're a private chef, you're still in the background. Mm. And that is not my personality. I can see it. You're meant to shine. <laughs> I am meant to shine, baby, shine. So I decided that I was like, okay, what am I going to do so I can use my now two degrees together, uh, still do what I love, but also find something that really sparks me. So I applied online. <laughs> you know, you apply online, you're like, no one's ever going to see this. And I applied online to work for Google's food team as a vendor partner. And I got that gig. So I ended up working with a team of international marketers to help build up messaging and help build up the frameworks around the internal food team, as well as the Google Food Innovation Lab, which brought in, you know, the people at the forefront of food science and sustainability to have these discussions about what food will look like in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I loved it. But every good thing begets a new good thing. So then I was promoted for my parent company and rose up to become the head of marketing for North America for one of the largest corporate food service and facilities companies in the world. And I looked around and I'm like, this is great. Yay, money. But I'm like, ah, this is not... I'm out of my groove. I'm out of talking about things that I just adore. I'm out of connecting with people that are helping other people live their best lives. What am I going to do about it? So while I was working, I started my business that I currently own, which is called Flourish Marketing. And I'm like, okay, as soon as I get Flourish Marketing up to match my income, then I'm going to quit. I promise. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can get it there though. No, and I didn't. I didn't get the chance because I got laid off. (laughs) Oh no, oh no, another blessing. It was another blessing. I got laid off in February of 2020. And then I said, okay, well, let's just do this thing. Flourish Marketing at that time was designed specifically to serve the wedding and catering and events industry. And I'm like, February 2020, right before the pandemic, I'm like, this is fine. Everything's fine. You know, things are burning around you. Everything's fine. It's all fine. I'm just going to keep pressing forward because I I was at a fork in the road. I could have decided to go apply and get another job. I was highly qualified. or I could do my own thing, which is what I really, really wanted to do was go back into business ownership. Mm -hmm. That's what I decided to do. One of the first conferences that I spoke at was Cater Source 2020. Well, that year was Cater Source 2020. It was in March, the very beginning of the pandemic. I remember leaving one of my sessions where I was speaking, walking out into like the general hallway. And it was like a scene from Armageddon. It almost felt like it was in slow motion. People were crying. I saw one lady like slide down the wall on the phone in tears because the governors at that exact moment had just announced that everything was shut down. These people had, some of them had lost hundreds of thousands of dollars of business in like 20 minutes. And they have brides calling them. They had mothers of the brides calling them, vendors, venues. I mean, I, there are people running down the hallway. Like it was, it was 
madness. And I sat there as, you know, still walking through the flames, right? Like, what have I done? What is going on? <laughs> what have oh. I done? I decided that I was going to focus on marketing to these people in the middle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? And I kept, I kept at it. I, I was really blessed that I didn't have to go get a job. <laughs> really, really blessed. But there's some, some very intentional things that I did. First thing was, I was like, okay, I need to build up my audience. I think I'm great, but no one knows that. So the very, very first thing I did at that conference was get a publicist. There are certain people in the room that you're like, gosh, I just try, I'm hearing her a lot and her a lot and him a lot and her. And then you start being like, wait a minute, I think they're all connected. Wait, who's the single point that is connecting them? And publicist, it, okay. It was my publicist. And I'm like, well, clearly she knows what she's doing. I basically begged her to work with me. And she was like, you really don't have to beg me. I really like you. But I was like, I don't care if you like me or not. You're working with me. <laughs> and luckily she said yes. And it was the best investment I ever did because I needed to build an audience. Good. So we're going to talk about that because as new business owners, there are a lot of people who are unsure about how to get themselves out there. And sometimes they're even hesitant to be the face of their business, right? So let's definitely talk about that. But before then, so you come out of your speaking session, it's like Armageddon over there in the in the open conference area. When you talk to your wedding event or just event industry colleagues and clients, what has the conversation been like behind the scenes as they're running their business? And how has that evolved over the past year? It's changed considerably. In the beginning, we, you know, we were like, this is going to be like a month. Right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a, maybe two max. So it was postpone, don't cancel. Postpone, don't cancel. Check your contracts. Get Read your... And, and that was the sad part was that a lot of people didn't have very good contracts. It's not like I want to steal all your money, but they actually ended up having to give money back, which you never want to do. You need to, as a wedding planner, structure your contracts. I love the kind of like pay-as-you-go plan as opposed to... A lot of the times, like, you know, a certain chunk up front, then you get like a month out that has another huge chunk as opposed to almost like monthly payments because you're working that whole time. You should be getting paid that whole time. It's like being on retainer as a planner, being on retainer if you're going to be having those services. So, but the people that didn't do that and they didn't know how to communicate their value were giving money back. And so they were saying, like, they weren't able to articulate, well, this is the money that you've paid for work already done. I've already sort of secured your vendor. I've already helped you with your seating chart. We've already found your invitations. I went dress shopping with you. Like, whatever it was, all of those things already happened, but they weren't able to articulate that message and it wasn't written in their contract and it wasn't in their payment terms. So a lot of it was postpone, don't cancel because if you cancel, I'll have to give you your money back, even though I've already done the work. So I'm all for like, if you haven't done the work, like give the money back, right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is what it is. You've just right. been holding on to it, but you shouldn't set yourself up for that. So that a lot of people realize very quickly how weak their contracts were and how poorly they had set up their cash flow. So now if you're in any type of service-based business, check your contracts check how it, how they are affecting your cash flow. So that's step one that they realized when we first started. Then after they're like, okay, this it just is what it is. I figured this out. They also realized that they had never marketed themselves. 
So they've lost their current revenue. They've lost their referral sources because people are like, well, do I refer? Because I don't know if we're going to be able to get married. They had no way of kicking back up that train because they had no marketing in place and they had no other streams of income. So they were only planners, only venues, only photographers, and they were just out of luck because they were then going to have to start building something from scratch. Some people did and were very successful. So there's a sister team, duo here in, in Los Angeles that I admire a lot, the, the Jones sisters. And Leslie Jones is a wedding planner and her sister is a, is, is, a, is a lawyer, but they do have a lot of joint ventures. So Leslie's a wedding planner, but then she also has, has other businesses as well. And then she started a, a, a subscription box for brides and she was able to balance out her income at that time. There are also people that are like, well, I don't save my money, basically. <laughs> I don't put it into a, a, a Roth. I don't have stocks. I don't I invest in real estate. I don't. So they were literally stuck and like waiting with bated breath for PPP and not those IL, I, yeah. E-L, EIDL loans to come through. So the lesson that I that everyone has that was in the business already, not the newbies, but that we are kind of in it already. The lesson we learned was to protect your business, protect your cash flow, and have multiple streams of income. If you're just getting started in this business, I'm going to tell you to protect your business, protect your cash flow, and have multiple streams of income. And when you think about the multiple streams of income. Before the pandemic, I defined them a little bit differently. Now I define an, an income stream as servicing a different ideal customer avatar. So for example, my entire like membership right now, it's only for wedding planners. So that's one ideal customer avatar. But then I also do custom social media for anybody who is a service-based business that helps other people live their best lives. That's another stream of income because wedding planners go broke. I still got these other people over here. Right. Right. And also step outside of just what you do and get more passive streams of income as well. Have a course that you can run and have it run on right? Have investments in stock for the long haul that you're holding. Buy some stock. I'm not going to give you specific recommendations because I feel like that's illegal, but go hold some stocks over the long haul and use that as a safety net. Diversify your income and don't let things that seem hard or expensive deter you. People hear, oh, go invest in stocks. And they're like, oh, I don't have that kind of money. Right. The stock is $70 a stock-ish. Go buy one. One stock. Get the muscle Hold. memory. And then once you get yeah. comfortable, you can go a little bit larger scale. Yes. Start I small. I love it. Start but small. I want to take you back earlier in the conversation when you said you were now in this era where the way we do business has changed. And the first thing you did was get a publicist so you could get your name out there. So now I'm guessing this is what a lot of other wedding or event industry pros were having to do is really to start from scratch when it came to getting their online footprint where it should be. So walk us through what you did to make sure that you were on a solid footing. Absolutely. Well, I was I had a little bit of leg up because I am a marketer. So like my website was good. My SEO was was good. I had lead generation funnel in place. But if if you are just trying to figure it out, you need to figure out how to go where your customer hangs out and offer them some irresistible value, something that they just cannot refuse. Like 
a guide called the top 10 things to do after you get engaged during a pandemic, things like that. So, and then you want to be able to make it really clear for them to buy from you. And I would recommend, especially now having a small product. So you might have your micro wedding services that you offer. You might also have a small product, like a planner, like a digital planner that you offer or a little video series that you offer like, here, I'm going to walk you through, just listen to the sound of my voice. And over the next four videos, I'm going to walk you through what you need to do exactly when you get engaged. And here's a little worksheet and that costs 20 bucks. And you just pump that sucker out because you can create that additional streams of, of income. Don't limit your time and your money to the amount of time you physically have. You want to be able to stretch that time so you're not just exchanging time for money. You need to be able to exchange your time for money that grows on its own. So you go where your customer hangs out. That could be meaning running targeted ads on Facebook and Google ads. It could also mean going into Facebook groups and like, you know, networking. It also could mean drawing them to you. One of the things that worked out really well for me was a bunch of the educators came together and we were like, okay, how are we going to help each other? How are we going to attract each other's audiences so that we can continue to educate? We gave away a lot of stuff for free, a lot of stuff for free, but then we also continued to educate. So we would, we formed summits and we formed bundles. So like there's a bundle that I'm in the profitable pro bundle that's in March that for 97 bucks, you get $3,000 worth of education from 40 different educators, right? All coming together. Why did we do that? One, because the way the industry needs it. And two, because we're attracting each other's audiences. Right. Collaboration <laughs> and amplification. Right. Exactly. Because you can't do it on your own, especially no, you in a time of crisis. Don't be like, I'm going to just slog through. You're not going to get very far. It doesn't work. So you have to go out and get an audience that's interested in what you have to offer. So partner with other planners, other complementary businesses. What could you offer? Could it be virtual consultations together? You can get your cake, your, your, your photo, your planner, uh, your venue consultation all at one time. And we all work together as a package deal, whatever that is, offer it as, as a unit. The next thing to think about is also your pricing and your website. Are you being clear about your pricing? Does your pricing actually match the service that you offer? And does your website look like who you think you are? I review a lot of websites for for people and they're like, I'm a luxury planner. I'm like, not according to your website. You're not like, I wouldn't spend what you're asking for based off of the way your website looks and the words that you're using. So take a step back and say, am I a luxury planner? Because if if other people don't see that, they're not going to give me the money that I'm looking for. Another thing is to just be consistent. Even mediocre people will win if they out consistent the best. So show up daily on social media, post in your stories, show up on video, show your face, right? Get a ring light for 20, 30 bucks, have it in front of you so that it's like my ring light is like, Photoshop in real life. That's really basically it does. <laughs> and show up consistently. People need to know that your business is still alive. People, you're showing up with helpful, relevant advice so that people can learn from you and that you are saying, I know what I'm doing, basically. So yeah. that also is, is super key. Showing up on social and in email is, is huge to building your audience and letting your current audience know that you want to be in a stronger relationship with them. 
Now, what I've seen is just the events industry has been going digital in general. And you talked earlier about micro events as an offering from wedding planners. Have you seen wedding planners start to offer different sorts of event options, maybe even digital at this point? Yeah, I've seen both. I've seen are all, all the above. There's there's completely virtual planned events where it's like the bride or groom or grooms or brides comes and they say, how do we not just have a Zoom wedding? Like, is there something else we can do that's virtual? And there are, there are platforms and there are planners that have dove in and can create these full experiences for guests. There are also a hybrid. So you'll have some people there, some people watching on on live stream. There's also micro weddings. It depends on the state you're in, on how small and what the restrictions are. I love micro weddings because they allow you to focus on the details and focus on the people. You could just cut back and save money because you're not buying food for 500 people anymore. But you also could take a little bit of that extra money and really hone in up the quality of the food, up the quality of the alcohol. You know, have someone come with live music to serenade during dinner. You can, it can just really be all about the love story and all about those fine details that people might have had to cut out of their budget before. But now that they have those guest count has shrank, they might be able to add back in some of those things that are more meaningful. So there are options out there. I've also seen an increase of elopements where it's Mm -hmm. like you, your partner, and like two other people are there. And they're gorgeous because they end up basically being like wedding slash photo shoot is what I've been seeing a lot of the times because you have, it's just you photographer, you could just have at it as opposed to that hour for cocktail hour that you normally have. You're like, we're married now, let's go and play on the beach. And, you know, we take photos of us, you know, at our first moments of being husband and wife or wife and wife or husband and husband. Like, I just, I love seeing that. Now, what's the pricing difference and is it enough to sustain from a revenue perspective? Well, you should build it so it is. And everyone is different and every state is different. So when you talk about pricing, you want to start inside out first. Don't go out into the market and say, oh, they're charging that, so I'm going to charge that. Because you have no idea what their overhead is like. You have, you have no idea what their business is like. So set up a profit margin that you're looking to have. So say that you're like, I want a 60% profit margin or 70% profit margin. Then you're like, okay, what are my expenses, right? And then so what if I just did the cold math on my fixed and variable expenses, what would that look like? Then you start adding in things like, okay, but I've been a planner for 10 years. I have 200 not reviews. I'm also going to add the value of me on to that which I think people forget pricing as, as Michelle Loretta, who is another educator in the wedding space says, pricing is a marketing decision, not a financial decision. So it starts off with, you want to make sure that you make money and what's the minimum that you need to do that. And then afterwards, it's the story that is able to have you command a higher rate. So I always give this example. If you go to buy a purse at Walmart, you might pay 20 bucks, if that. Mm-hmm. Or you can go buy a Louis and pay $1,000. What's the difference? Right. Louis, I don't even know, those big bags everyone has, I don't even know if they're real leather, truthfully. But they all fit your phone, wallet, and keys. Yeah. What's, what's the difference? It's a story. 
When I carry my Walmart bag, no one even notices. When I carry my Louis bag, it means something. It means I have a status. It meant that I could afford that. It means I'm successful. It means I'm chic. It means that I'm part of the in crowd. It means something. They've crafted a story. I don't know how much Louis bags cost to make. I bet that they're probably similar to that $20 bag. Spoiler alert. I was in the fashion industry. We would sell $400 jeans and they cost like 15 bucks to make. So it's not... There's this huge difference. It's the story. It's the lifestyle. It's what you can bring. So if you're able to craft your story by showing your credibility, showing your testimonials, having a beautiful imagery, using words that tell your story, you will be able to command a higher price. But if your website is crappy and you haven't even, you know, haven't included testimonials, you haven't done that, then you're really only going to be able to cover your basic profit margin if that. So that's why marketing and messaging are so important to actually being successful at business. So I know you are a story brand educator as well, certified in that. How would you recommend that you know wedding event pros start to craft their story so that they'd stand out as someone who can command that value they're looking for? Absolutely. So the first thing that I would recommend is that you go out and you buy Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. That's, I read that book and I was a marketer already. And then I went and got certified for a week in Nashville on the framework because I was like, this is amazing. It really helps people not only clarify, but construct powerful and compelling messages that convert, you know, strangers into customers. So step one, read the book. Step two, think about the problem that you solve. And if you're a planner, it's not just, I solve people being disorganized or I solve planning weddings. Like, okay, so does, so does every other planner. What do you solve? If you don't know, go look at your reviews. What have people been saying about you? And look and see the common threads. Just like, oh, that's, that's what I really solve. They come to me because I actually deal really well with all their people drama. So if they're looking, if they know, if they know, girl, you know before you marry that man that his mother-in-law gonna be a problem. <laughs> be a problem. So you, you're like, okay, I, I want to work with that planner because she said words on her website that are like the words I would use, probably the nice ones, to describe the situation that I'm in right now, right? Or maybe you are just like, I have all of this vision. I have no idea what to do. And that, as a wedding planner, that's your jam. It's helping to translate people's vision into reality. They can give you all kinds of random stuff and you make it look amazing. Those are the types of problems that you solve. Start with the problem that you solve, why you are uniquely qualified to solve that problem and how to buy from you. It's amazing to me how many websites make it difficult for people to buy. <laughs> Yikes. The purpose of the website is for people to buy from you, not to have a pretty pictures. And often it's because most wedding planners are women. And we have a very hard time asking for the sale in general. So we undervalue ourselves. We don't charge enough. And then we are not direct enough to say, I'm worth this. I'm fabulous. You should buy them from me. You need buttons on your site that are not contact. Contact's too vague. It needs to say, schedule a call, get a quote, book now, and have it multiple times down your homepage. It should not be difficult for people to spend money with you or to understand what you do. So those would be my top tips. Oh, wow. 
So it sounds like all around, you've been able to find ways to diversify your revenue. You've been able to find ways to help other people within the events industry by collaborating with them as well. As you talk to people who are now coming into this industry that looks a little bit different, what would be maybe some parting advice you can give them to make sure that they are building their businesses on a solid foundation? One, be careful who you listen to. So I have noticed recently that there have been a lot of wedding pros turned educators, and they're trying to do that as an additional stream of income. Girl, get you, get you your money. I'm not going to hate on it. But be careful about the advice that everyone's giving, because just because something worked once for their business doesn't mean it's going to necessarily work for yours. As a marketer, I've been a marketer for 13 years. I work with multiple businesses. I've seen what works. I've seen, I've seen what, what doesn't work. And I know the frameworks that are just pretty straightforward, how to connect with people, make money, what's the psychology behind, why you use these words in an email sequence, et cetera, et cetera. I, I know how to do that. I've done it for multiple people. So when you're on Clubhouse or when you're on Instagram, just vet the advice that you're getting. Because when you're brand new, it's like everyone seems like they know what they're doing and they really don't always necessarily know what they're doing. So just that's a word of caution. The second thing that I would recommend is you're not going to make money right away. So so get that in your mind that it's not going to be forever, but as opposed to focusing on I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell, build your audience. Build your audience because you need for people to know you like you and trust you as the old marketing adage says before they are going to buy from you. So build your audience, start on social media, start your email marketing campaigns, and also start networking. That's going to be a huge way for people to be able to give you business and vice versa. And don't just network if you're a planner, don't just network with photographers and venues and caterers. Don't just network with people that that are just your complimentary services. Network with other planners. There's enough business to go around even during a pandemic. And you want to have people that can refer you to people maybe they can't handle or it's not a right fit or whatever it is. Be be engaged inside of your own community. And it's amazing how much further and faster your business will grow. Oh, I love that parting advice. So now for anyone who's like, okay, Aliyah, I want you to help me supercharge my business. How can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Well, I would love that. That would be cool. You can go to flourishmarketing.co, not .com, .co. And you can find me there. You can also follow me directly on Instagram, at Alea Harris. I am on Clubhouse, at Alea Harris. So you can follow me there as well. I also, on Flourish Marketing, have a whole page of just free stuff to give away, like checklists and guides and quizzes. So you can go to flourishmarketing.co slash freebies. And there you'll be able to download all that juicy stuff to just get started. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Anlea. I really appreciate all your advice today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Off Script, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Off Script.com. See you on the next one.